Hi there, welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast about public speaking and speaking up. If you struggle with saying what you want to say on stage, on camera, or in conversation, you're in the right place. I'm Angela Lucier, your host. I'm also an author, professional speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you want to practice the tips you learn on this podcast, you can check out a Speaker Sisterhood club as a guest for free. Learn more at speakersisterhood.com. Hey friends, welcome back to Claim the Stage. Today is another very special episode with a Speaker Sisterhood member. And today's episode actually completes our four-part series with members and leaders. I hope you've been enjoying hearing experiences from the women of Speaker Sisterhood and how this experience has changed their life. Today's guest is Kathy Vines, and she has been a solopreneur times two since 2013. She's a certified professional organizer and the owner of Clever Girl Organizing, based in Melrose, Massachusetts. And she's also a certified coach and professional resume writer through Kathy Vines Coaching. She's also an author. She wrote the book, Clever Girl's Guide to Living with Less. Break free from your stuff, even when your head and heart get in the way. She has appeared regularly in Better Homes and Gardens, Real Simple, The Boston Globe, and The Washington Post. She even appeared in a segment about fridge organization on Inside Edition. That video has been viewed on YouTube over 2.5 million times, even though she has no idea why. (laughs) So Kathy shares some of her experiences with speaking and her membership. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of sad to be wrapping up this series because I've really enjoyed talking with the members and I may do another series like this again soon. And one of the goals of doing this series was to help you get a better sense of what happens in Speaker Sisterhood because I mentioned on every episode that I'm the founder of Speaker Sisterhood, but maybe you're wondering, like, what exactly is that? Another exciting thing going on is that we are launching a brand new program called Speaker Sisterhood Express, and registration actually closes today at 5 o'clock Eastern. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, February 23rd, um, you want to make sure that you get yourself into a club ASAP. We only have a few spots left in each of the two clubs that are launching. And we're very excited to get this going because it's the same curriculum. It's the same structure, except it's like speaker sisterhood on steroids because you get to do all the things that we do in our clubs, but you do it faster. So you acquire those skills and you get the practice and you build the confidence and you get more comfortable with speaking at an accelerated pace. So if that sounds good to you, there is a link in the show notes to check out the registration page and get yourself in there before time runs out. And I should add, we are going to launch more Speaker Sisterhood Express clubs in the future, but this is the registration window for our clubs launching in March. So without further ado, I want to get you going with this interview with Kathy Vines. Enjoy. Kathy, welcome to Claim the Stage. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited excited about it. And I'm a listener. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, We have a great episode coming up with Kathy. You're going to love it. Um, (laughs) So I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation today because I'd ask you to come on the show and talk about your experience with Speaker Sisterhood and what you gained as a result of your membership. So why don't we start with why you decided to join Speaker Sisterhood in the first place? Because there are so many reasons and it's not always about public speaking. So what was the reason for you? So for me, it was about public speaking. And 
I will tell you, if you had told me in October of 2019, when I went to my first meeting, say, listen, just so you know, this is great. Four months from now, the world's going to completely change. And it will be at least two years before you're ever on a stage again. I'm not actually sure I would have been able to look at my goals at that time and say, this is a good fit for me. But of course, we didn't have a crystal ball. And so my goals then were I had been I've been a paid speaker for a while and been doing that through both parts of my business. And I knew what I wanted to get away from or evolve through was both the actual and the self perception of going from kind of a training education kind of mindset to I'm someone who inspires and shifts mindsets, right? This is how I was hoping to evolve my own catalog and delivery and success within public speaking. So this was the way for me to kind of try out different approaches and techniques and content and all of that. So of course, what happens is four months later, we start meeting on Zoom forever. And <laughs> what ended up happening was two things. Number one, my goal now completely changed because I was still doing speaking, but now it's all on Zoom. So now my skill is, or my goal is, how do I use this platform to come across as personal and relatable and have somebody feel like it was worth their time because we were getting in a point where everybody was spending all their time on Zoom and you could easily say, that was a waste of my hour, right? I, I reframed success for myself in terms of being able to be successful in this little box. And fortunately, Speaker Sisterhood evolved with me and created suddenly the place I needed to be successful, I was on with them. And the ability to evaluate if I was being personal and relatable and, and influencing in all those ways, I was getting that feedback from people I already had developed a trusted relationship with. So I knew they were giving me honest feedback. Mm -hmm. So I know you said that your, your story for joining kind of flows into some of the benefits you got. So why don't we chat about the first thing you got out of being a member when we transitioned into this virtual world? I think the first thing as we transitioned into the virtual world was this was a new skill set that I hadn't been working on when I was preparing for speaking from the stage. Right? How do you check for understanding? How do you adjust your pace? Am I losing attention of people? All of this ways of having, how do you get the feedback from an audience when you really can't get a feedback from the audience. This was a skill lots of us didn't have, but I knew very early on I needed to focus on it. And when you go from things like, hey, how do you look at every space in the room, every look in everybody's eyes in the room to being, well, I can't do that because then that looks like this and this and this and this. I'm not looking in their eyes. So even that technical skill of how you create intimacy was a huge part that I could get that feedback through. You have a strategy you use today that you were able to practice in the club and now you you can execute when you're doing a speaking engagement on Zoom? In terms of that aspect or something else? Yeah, that aspect of being able to create intimacy and connection and you know just being aware of how your audience is perceiving you. Yeah, a couple of things that I do. First of all, I'm I'm really pretty good about always looking in the camera, which hopefully gives the impression that I'm looking in your eyes. Uh, 
But I also will make sure that I'm glancing around. If it is on Zoom and I get to see people's names, I will call people out by name and get them engaged. If I see their cameras on, right, that's usually the telltale sign that they're open to being called out. If it's a webinar format and I don't get to do that, I'll do a lot more pausing and checking for understanding in ways that I might not have if I were just walking through the room and being able to see that. Another thing I've done is, because sometimes I'm giving presentations with a PowerPoint deck, I will stop screen sharing at different points, at key points where I wanna bring back to conversation, right? So it's okay to look at my slides for a little while, but then it's saying, all right, let's take this down. I wanna talk about this point and then bring it back. So it's, it's like the equivalent of saying, all right, put your books down. We're not, we're not reading anymore, now let's talk. And I wanna introduce that a little bit more when I'm dealing with heavier or more complex concepts. Mm -hmm. I think that also helps to draw the attention back to you in a way that feels like there's a conversation going on and not just pictures and words to look at. And you're, and by changing, you know, when you go from screen share to your face, the size of your face changes. So it, it just quickly kind of reconnects you to the speaker. So I love that idea. Yeah. Um, what's, what's another thing you gained from speaker sisterhood? One of the things that I think, uh, was really, was really involved here. And, and I, I talked in the beginning, this concept of, I wanted to shift mindset. Um, and I didn't, I, I knew I wanted to be an inspirational speaker and shift mindsets, but I didn't know about what. So for me, I had to do a deeper exploration around what were the concepts I thought I could bring to audiences that they'd care about, that they'd listen to, and that they'd experiment with action on. And so going through the process of the book, not that I speak about those topics when I'm talking to an audience, but what it did was it generated elasticity in my brain around thinking differently about content and thinking differently about the on-ramp and approaches I could make to bring content to people. So it really was, it was like a gym in some ways. I'm like, all right, I know this isn't gonna do something for my abs, but I know that doing it is probably better in the long run for my abs, right? It's figuring out these different ways to use the tools and then apply them for my own perspective. So it's been a muscle builder in that way. I love that. Can you give an example of how your speech, maybe about professional organizing, a, a key takeaway you would have given before speaker sisterhood. And then once you did that deep dive into wanting to be a more inspirational speaker, how that key takeaway may be transformed and became less yeah. of a action step and more of like, Hey, this is something you might want to consider because it's, there's a bigger, bigger thing happening here. Yeah, I think an example, and this is more of a concept of, in the past, I probably would have done a lot more of a focus on how to, right? So you wanna get better, you wanna prepare for downsizing, you wanna get organized with kids, you're a teacher and you wanna be more organized in your classroom, right? It was very much, again, that training mode of how to, okay, let's, what's going on? What I shifted to was a lot more around storytelling where I would bring in stories of clients, not named clients, not, not examples, but like, let me tell you about this human and what were they facing? What did we do about it? 
and what was the result. And I started using a different model of storytelling so that my audience could find their own place and relatability to that person, not to me, but to somebody else that made them feel like, oh, other people struggle with this too. And so in that shift of not only the content, what am I delivering, what am I telling them, but how do I want them to feel when they hear it? And what do I want that feeling to generate for them? I think that's the biggest way my, my talks that in the past might've felt more like how to's have shifted to change behavior. Have you seen a big difference in the number of people who sign up to work with you after a speech like that, or their response to you because of the way you're talking to them now? I will tell you one of the, one of the biggest things I will hear is somebody will tell me after hearing you talk, I bought your book, right? Cause I wanted to hear more of that. Um, all the work that I do right now is in organizing space, because I'm also a career coach and resume writer and LinkedIn coach and all that. But in the organizing space, all the work I'm doing right now is virtual. So what it has done is it's meant that if you somehow saw me speak in something that was in a very different place, you could hire me now, where in the past you probably wouldn't have, because you wouldn't have thought to work with somebody virtually pre-COVID about just about anything. But now you're like, oh, now I understand what it might be like to work with her. I It takes away some of the anxiety somebody might have about working with an organizer because now they've heard me, they've heard my voice, they've seen me, they get my sense of humor or they're getting insights into that. So I think that's the thing that it's done for my business is not necessarily can I tell if there's been more, but I know that it it instantly introduces a cold lead to kind of becoming a warmer lead saying, oh, I saw you talk. I heard you. When you told me that story about this thing, that really reminded me what was going on. And I knew I wanted to talk more. So it is creating that warmth and inviting intimacy where somebody feels a little closer to me and the service then feels a little bit more feasible for them. Yeah. I love that. I love that you brought that up because one of the things we chat about a lot in Speaker Sisterhood is this concept that your audience won't remember what you said, but they'll remember the way you made them feel. And that's such a big part of public speaking. And so for people who are uncomfortable and they just want to show value and expertise and rattle off a bunch of information, they really miss the opportunity to have that real connection with their audience. So it's great to hear that you, you got that. What's the third thing you took away? This one, this is this is kind of my favorite and it'll probably surprise you. I have become both enthusiastic and pretty good at dissecting other people's talks. When I hear a speaker I, where I'm just in the audience and they're going through, whether it's you know a, one of their free master classes or whatever it is, sometimes I'm paying so much more attention to how they're constructing how they want to lead me through their journey or their sales pitch or whatever that is that I'm making notes like, Oh, opened with a quote. Oh, then did this. Oh, brought in a testimonial. And I'm dissecting almost like when, you know, when you were in third grade and you would have to kind of diagram sentences, I'm diagramming their talks because I want to understand when I'm having an emotional response, which I'm sure they're hoping to generate, like what was it that they did technically to get me there? And how can I replicate that if I think it's effective? So it's been super fun where I will I will be on a, on a call taking notes and I'm keeping two sets of notes. One's on content and one's on structure. And I do side-by-side -side notes. 
I love that. And <laughs> I found that ever since I got into the public speaking world, whenever I sit down in someone's audience, I am so giddy because I can't wait to see how they're going to put their talk together. <laughs> <laughs> and how they're going to use 30 minutes. It's like, it's so fun. So it's really great to hear that you have that same experience of like, I'm going to reverse engineer this thing. And <laughs> well, I th and I think it comes out of the, um, the real commitment that I had in our group, not that everybody doesn't have it, but the real commitment I had to giving, giving constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. Right. So it came from pay attention to the talk, but pay attention to the talking. Right. And, and be able to provide feedback. So I was in that mode for so long because I, I really do value that that's one of the most, that's one of the most important parts of the engine for the group. But also like I just really took it to heart that it was important for me to give feedback in areas where I knew people wanted to improve or excel. So I was just in that mode for so long that now I, it's just that, again, that same muscle that I'm able to apply to different settings. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm hearing from you is that you didn't necessarily have a fear of public speaking. You just wanted to become a great public speaker and you wanted to really get the most out of every engagement and to think clearly about how you could move your audience to take action and really connect with people and make, make small tweaks in order to be effective. Is that accurate? It is. I think some of it was, I was already doing it. I was comfortable but I was also just playing on a very comfortable zone and stage, right? I felt that these tweaks and this other aspiration around improvement was what was keeping me from saying, could I pitch a keynote? Could I be, I, I talk in front of a hundred people and 200 people all the time. Could I do a thousand? And really shifting saying, how do I expand this part that was important to me about not just my business, because of course being a paid speaker is great, but also I have so much passion about the content I can bring to people because I know it changes lives. How do I get to more lives? Yeah. So what would you say to someone who's maybe on the fence about joining or just, you know, has known about speaker sisterhood for a while, but just hasn't made the leap to trying it out? Yeah. What would you say to them? I, I think of, I think of everything in life is, uh, we have three currencies in life, time, money, and energy. And we can invest those, we can waste those, we can spend those, we can do whatever those are. Um, for me, I knew it meant time, I knew it meant money, and I knew it was energy. Like this was gonna be work. You don't just show up every other week and say, hey, I have speech, right? It's gonna be work. So looking at what it is that I felt I could get out of it, how could I feel if I invested those currencies really wisely? How would it change my life? And there was no question, again, pre-COVID in an imaginary world where speaking was still gonna be a thing. <laughs> there was no question for me at that time, this is the easiest, most comfortable and supportive way I could imagine to improve my goals at that time. Because I think you can choose one or the other, right? You can get easy, you can get cheap, you can get supportive, you can get some of those. This had all of them together and the value seemed so undeniable to me at the time. I, and even knowing that COVID came, I would still do it again. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your journey with Speaker Sisterhood. It sounds like it was a great use of your time, money, and energy. And I'm so glad that you took the time to, to, to share that with us today. Thank you. Thanks for 
making it a model that can be shared so broadly and easily with people like me. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. If you loved today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts to say thanks. Also, if you'd like to support the show and say thanks in another way, you can now do that by hitting the support button in the show notes. You can set up a monthly recurring payment of 99 cents to $10 to whatever fits your budget. All payments go directly to me. All right, I'd like to say thanks to Kelly Vogel for producing my music. This show is created in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts, and it's a production of Speaker Sisterhood. That does it for me this week, you guys. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.